You are listening to the 312 Squadron Podcast. My name is Nick Sperry. And I'm Andrew Kuba. I'm Greg Cashmanian. We have a we have a special podcast episode today. As you guys know, you know, Greg is here. Uh, we're gonna talk about honestly, I think something we don't talk about as much anymore because we're a little more removed, quote unquote, from the pandemic, but online X-Wing and you know, it being the savior of the game and getting a lot of people to unify together from across the world playing X-Wing on online. And uh, we thought, who else but to have Greg on to talk about online X-Wing? So, yeah. Greg, thanks for jumping on with us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, and thanks for moving it to later so I could do my bowling league without having to be like, hey, everybody, you need to move. How'd you do? Oh, that's fun. Uh, well, listen, I don't want to brag, but we're, we're the first place team, and we pulled out another undefeated sesh tonight, so that should only increase. Wow, congrats. That's awesome. Yeah, that's dope. Nice. Congrats. Awesome, man. Well, we'll, we'll definitely have plenty of time to talk about bowling, the greatest sport in the universe. Uh, but I was say, I thought... My grandmother was an avid bowler. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It's so interesting. You're, it's so specific. Your grandmother. So, like, it didn't, your mom wasn't a bowler, though, and nope. you're not much of a bowler. Okay. But your grandmother was. Uh, my, my grandmother was in the uh, local paper in uh, Mantowoc, Wisconsin. She bowled 300 uh, once, too. But yeah, very grandmother bowled a three hundred. Like she did, yeah, yeah. Um, this was probably in like the fifties or sixties. Really, with those like rubber balls that don't hook. Yeah, bowled a three hundred. Yeah, no, like she was in the newspaper and stuff too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I bowled my three hundred, I was in the newspaper as well. But like, it's like common now. Like back in the day, those were super rare. Oh, she was so excited about it too, just to get into like uh, uh. I mean, I guess a little more more detail. She ended up suffering from Alzheimer's uh, when she was like later in life. So my dad had put together a book for her that was like the story of her life. And so when uh, she could like read through that um, when she was having, you know, like uh, more of like an off day. And uh, when she would get to the part, she was like, oh, she was like, I was a bowler. She got really excited because she's like, I love bowling. And then she was like, wait, I was good at bowling. And so <laughs> it was it was always sweet whenever she got to those uh, those newspaper articles. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, that's dope. It cannot uh, be uh, overstated how hard it would have been to bowl a three hundred with like the technology and the in the balls they used back then. Yeah, I didn't even really know like uh, how how bad it was compared to now. Yeah, I just knew the the preliminaries of like lane waxing and how like I uh, if you're an experienced bowler, if you go on a lane that's like waxed for new players where it's mostly in the center, it can really throw you off. Oh, yeah, we, we could we could we could maybe there's an opportunity to, to start a bowling podcast, Greg. We could do a spinoff. Yeah, exactly. This is the, the hard hitting <laughs> X-Wing content. Everyone comes for. Yeah. That's, what, that's, what, that's what everyone. So <laughs> what everyone comes to the Internet for. They're like, man, yeah. where's that bowling content at? Yeah, well, if there's a few things you can go to to go to you, Greg, on NCX for talking about tax evasion, of course, sure. <laughs> of course, uh, bowling. Yep. And your hatred for any sort of food that is, you know, that Chicago claims as being Chicago food. Those are three yeah. guarantees. Uh, it just life. makes no sense that a city that is otherwise perfectly fine hitches its wagon to some of the worst food choices on the planet. <laughs> it's such a take. I mean, we clearly disagree with that. 
yeah uh, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well guys it's just we so a lot bad. of time on that back and forth let's we could definitely go and talk about our favorite why we love chicago food so much but I, we do, i do want to address the elephant in the room that is x-wing related and that the fact that we kind of got a out of the nowhere surprise points adjustment like a i want to say it was like a a kind of a, a quasi uh you know like meta sh- uh nerfing like a light meta nerf points update it was yeah, only it was, a few things that they changed but it was interesting I, i'd call yeah. it more a tweak a tweak yeah, than like a, a full points, update that's good i like that a points tweak i wouldn't full call, full on call it an update if you don't touch a whole faction it's not an update yeah but it's a tweak if you don't a touch a good. bunch of factions right there was there's yeah. no changes to to separatist either uh, no changes to FO at all. Uh, very minimal changes to resistance. Uh, uh, basically, it really felt like they just put a target on Han's back. Yeah, they were like, Han, you've become a menace. Yeah. yeah. Han, uh, they, they've. I think they've nudged people to use the standardized bombers over the barrage rocket bombers now. I think just more, be, just it's just an easy choice to make now, even if yeah. before it wasn't that difficult of a choice to make. Well, the, the conspiracy theorist in me is... They only nerfed Han because they're releasing the BOE. They don't want people to uh, play the BOE stuff, and it it doesn't vibe too well with having a an eight point or a seven point Han going Ooh. in there dominating the meta. That's my like conspiracy city. I, I was no say, proof that's an of interesting that. One. Yeah, again, no no proof of that. That's just my thought process. Was they were like. Everyone's going to fly this if they fly Rebels, but we want them to focus on some of this new stuff because we need to move some product. I, I was going to say the some of the new the new ships that ha- are coming out in Battle Endor feel very pushed. Yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to try not to go on a huge rant about that. I'm sorry. To yeah, I honestly um, no. we're going to do probably a full oh, episode. We're gonna on definitely going to die. Out. Yeah, we're going to do a little bit of a dive into that. I just got. Fred, no, no, I just got fresh off streaming two games for our team league. It's our final week of the regular season. And, and this last game was a really entertaining, crazy game, but with a six ship Republic board for this list. And it was a mass. It was just a if any anybody needs a video reference as to why it's so freaking good and kind of just broken. You could watch this game back because it was ridiculously strong in this game. But that's neither here nor there. What overall, if you guys were to give a grade knowing so here. here let me back up real quick with the optimistic hope that we get another more full scale points update in like May or June. What would you give this points tweak? Like what letter grade would you give it? Greg, I'll ask you first. Then Andrew, what do you think? Uh, I don't want to be like harsh, but this is, this is this points tweak is nothing for me. Like yeah. it's a, it's a C C my, yeah. like, it's just like, fine like cool thank you i guess thank you for releasing points of the ships that you want us to use and you know an an occasional tweak here and there like i don't like it's not like i hate it it just doesn't move the needle for me as far as like a points update goes yeah yeah like i i would i would agree with that i would say like c c minus um i feel like at the beginning of the year, you know, Han was so meta warping that it created like the Republic arcs list and like around it, it created the, it literally uh, did, it it created um, like a lot of the resistance lists that are out there. So I think it needed to be tweaked. This is so light 
of a like like of a tweet because I feel like if you're gonna do Han, then you know that that's gonna really leave a void for you know for Republic. Like I don't know what you follow it up with um, because if you if you tweak you know Republic too hard, then FO becomes I think you know a, a real contender faction for being the best. So um, I think it was fine. I think it needed to happen. It did feel one sided though, where it was it was basically mostly centered on on uh, rebels as a faction for all the. Tweets. I was kind of just thinking that I feel like it didn't balance anything. Yeah, it, it just, just nerfed yeah. like one specific yeah thing. But for yeah. me, I I just think, and maybe I'm like, maybe this is just like I'm not good at X wing, so like this is just my thought process. But like the the same thing you can put on you put used to put on Han. I'll put it on Lando, and yeah, I'm shooting at one initiative lower, but I'm also coordinating while doing it. Yeah, I don't get the 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 rerolls or whatever for being near a rock, but target lock focus still pretty good. I, actually, it's better than Han's ability for your first shot. Then your second shot, you're still focused. It, it doesn't for me. It's just like that's not a big downgrade. In fact, it might be an upgrade with Lando's coordinate ability. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the only the only thing I can think of for like the I6 is that um, because everything like I5, I think, is the minimum of where you really want to be right now is yeah. that those road rolls become more important. You have less <clears throat> information positioning wise if you're if you're going to move on. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's mean, a better at I6, but Lando is also fine. It's it's gonna be the world of Lando, whether it's the standardized battle of Endor Lando or it's the, the yeah. twenty one loadout point, build your own Lando. Either yeah. way, Lando is gonna be yeah. popular. I mean, if you're um, dead set on doing the bash or bastion, the Bistan double tap, I I really don't think like the 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 downgrade from Han to Lando is like a massive leap. No, I mean no, I, I you, yeah, you take I it. Yeah, you you take it. Yeah. Um the initiative sh- matters a little bit, but I yeah, mean, I'm sure yeah, I mean, we could... there will be moments where you, you would miss it. You'd rather have a Han, but it's not, it's not overall like breaking the entire archetype of the list. Right. It, it was kind of the same with like uh, the, the, the one update they did for resistance where they, they took a load off point off of uh, Zori and they took a load off point off of uh, Lulo. And it's like, you know, you're pretty much you're only you're missing a dorsal turret and that's fine. Like it's not also doesn't break the archetype there for for those that for those that missed. We I'm going to in the podcast description, um, I'll post the video. We did a live reaction, I did a live reaction and uploaded the replay to YouTube. So people could like we could go through if you want to go through it on a, a pilot by pilot basis to see yeah. everything that was changed. We'll link that um, basically for those that maybe are like we're, we're talking so in such, such specific cases it might be confusing as to maybe what the overall vibe of this point streak was but tldr um basically han's loadout dropped to 15 from 20 so that he can't do bistan perceptive co-pilot anymore that combo alone is 16 points so that doesn't fit uh the barrage rocket bombers sat salvo uh so lo- looking at um rhymer and tomax um they lost loadout so that they can't take bomblets uh, saturation salvo and barrage rockets you can only do barrage rockets and like marksmanship or some sort of cheap talent and then for some reason um zori and lulo 
lost loadout and resistance and and i think jess lost one which doesn't really change her outlook at all but strangely they they looked at rebels and said okay han is a problem they looked at Empire and said saturation salvo is a problem, and then they 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 passed over scum completely and didn't even. I mean, it, because it wasn't a buff, it seemed like this well, was well, nothing nerfed. in scum was a problem. Yeah, well, that's the thing. But because because they've decided that we're only gonna nerf things and not buff anything, like we'll wait for that to do that later. They they passed over scum. They passed over fo, which I think is a pretty balanced faction right now. And then they looked at resistance, which I think is like you could argue is a like middle of the pack. And we're like, we're going to change two things that do not need changing. And I thought that was really bizarre. That's well, I have a theory. The TLDR as to what they changed. I, I have a theory for, I mean, for Jess anyway, is that because everyone was taking jamming beam, but no one was using it ever. And I'm sure someone just looked at it and said, you know what, let's just save a card space on the table and just not you know, make people have yeah, to bring well, the card. They're not concerned about card space, though. Right? Like, I don't know. I did. Right, that's my theory. I don't know. I don't uh, know uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. It, one. I think that's a little bit of a reach, personally. That's but my conspiracy it, theory. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get many people to like grab the pitchforks for that conspiracy theory. I think it's good. It was a good change. I because I wasn't using the jamming beam, so it's one less card I got to bring. I feel like there's a little bit of psychology involved. Like the second anything gets nerfed, even if it doesn't actually impact it, people still have that in their head that this card got nerfed. So maybe yeah. they're like. All right, we just we modify it and maybe we take the pick rate of these cards down a little bit. Just just the way people think, you know, like it's not. Yeah, it, yeah, it makes it look like you're doing something. Yeah, I so I I just I guess I'll just throw in my letter grade. I'd give it. I I think a C is fair because it if it were anything higher, then they would have made a lot more changes. And I think a C is just like yeah, they 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 didn't completely disappoint me but they didn't nerf everything. If they were some of the things they, they fixated on, they didn't use that same consistent logic across Republic. They yeah. Padme lost a couple loadouts. Padme so was the big Pro one. Tour. But that mm-hmm. was, that was the big one. But the only one I would have, it, it would have pissed too many art three arc was 70 players off to see oddball go up to five points, for example. So they just said, we'll hold off. Worlds is about to come up. We don't mm-hmm. want it to get too crazy, which is my yeah. reasoning for not doing something like this right before a world championship, just like waiting. Yeah. But honestly, it, I, yeah. I was kind of, I was a little surprised they did anything but release the new ship points, like Same. the new stuff points. Well, that's what the tr- Just the because it's were, so close yeah. to the world. But Greg, like the trend of like the last two scenario packs, they they would not update anything else when these would come out. They would just say, "Here's yeah. the point." So like, I, it was right. pretty I, was, I was pretty surprised. I'm not like when when I say it's a C again. I want to. I feel like I get kind of labeled an AMG hater because I I will speak out when there's stuff I don't like. And lately, to me, there's been a lot more not to like. Sorry about it, but like, it wasn't like I don't think it was bad. No, it just. To me, it was wasn't an update. It was a minor, minor tweak. Yeah, and I have a. a it, it's just it was a C. It happened. It's there. Yeah, and you know I'm fine with it. Honestly, I mean yeah. to be fair for for me, I, I've been talking on the podcast. I think that this tweak was a long time coming. It, it was it was going to happen eventually because you got to do yeah. something about Han and about you know like some of the other more abusable pieces, I guess that would be in like republic yeah i mean it's um, unfortunately the abusable stuff is 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 uh printed into a a large card uh several times it's yeah. just like harder to 
you know, unfortunately, that's why as as much as a proponent I am, this is a good segue into the uh, Battle of Endor side of this conversation. As much as of a proponent I am of standardized cards, I run a list right now that has three, has four, now four standardized cards out of five. So, like, I'm not, you know, going to try to come off as a hero. Why would you not? They're so strong. Uh, they're uh, really good. So we're going to get to that. Yes. Yeah. So hold was, on real quick, real quick. Yep. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, is that the the design space is even more challenging and very risky because of especially the the approach they've had recently of over designing and getting a little too lazy with what they put into these because once they're in there they're there and they have expressed even to me like they don't want to errata things if they, it's the last like last thing they want to do so my question to you guys as we open up the second part of the the points tweak conversation with Endor coming out, is our standardized cards becoming too good? Like, and good meaning like just the power creep with what one single pilot can do. Is it becoming a little problematic? I think it is. I'll get. I'll chime in after you guys though. Who goes first? Um, I mean, I. I, could... I yeah, you go. You go, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, you go first. yeah. I can go first. I was gonna say, you know, um, uh, even going back to the previous conversation with the standard, the the regular loadout bombers being nerfed. Now that really didn't affect that many people because I'm also taking the new Deathfire. I'm taking the standardized uh, Tomax Bren anyway. Like they're so good, even compared to the saturation style of barrage rocket bombers. Uh, I don't think though they're becoming too good. I, I mean, I do like the d design space with standardized cards where they can do things that would be outside of the normal ship chassis. And I honestly, I think it just comes down to where, where their points are in relation to their standard ships and standard loadout. Well, I do think if that... it's the same pilot counterpart, like that's yeah. where it gets like like build your own vader luke versus the ones that actually get played that's yeah like it's i mean standardized vader is going to be is right now yeah much better and easier to play because it's a cheaper point like i do think that they are being pushed by amg and they really want you to use the new standardized cards i can see of a world where the standardized cards maybe in later metas or as they get older their points start going up and then we can reintroduce the build your own versions of those pilots back in but I definitely see from initial release that these cards are very much pushed and, hey, we want this. We do. We like really want this to be a part of the meta. I think you can see that with the TIE Defender with new uh, uh, Colonel Jedden. You ha can have a five die Protorp and it's six points. It's the oh, only yeah, six point Defender. Yeah, and I think yeah. that they're really signaling to the community, hey, we want to start seeing this in Empire Lists. So I, I think it's it's too good. It's good initially. But I feel like they're not becoming too good, and I don't see them being problematic over time because I think I, that those I, more than anything are easily are more yeah. easy adjusted than build your own. I I disagree, but go ahead, Greg. Yep. Uh, I also strongly disagree, but maybe maybe for a different reason than you, Nick. I feel that they're so incredibly strong because if you take a look at like Suntier, right? Suntier Battle of Endor, five points. Suntier, like customizable, go to your town, Suntier, five points. All right, no difference there. You're right. thinking, oh, well, you know, the Suntier, the focus ability and the bullseye really good, blah, blah, blah. But if you, if you look like to assign loadout points, 
to what this Suntier fell has for the Battle of Endor. Or battle is a battle over Endor or Battle of Endor? Uh, battle Endor. over Endor. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um that's but a yeah. choice. Uh the 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 abilities on this interceptor, it's gotta be like 30 loadout value worth of ability where the yeah. customizable one gets 10. Like it's it this is uh, this is the ship is crazy. It's great, it like it's so good. It's just incredibly good. And if you were to do like say take Vader, right? So Vader customizable, a lot of loadout, 21 loadout. You can get everything you really want yep. on it, but how much of it is actually hate and afterburners is what, like 12 points? Is afterburners eight? Yeah, afterburners yeah, eight. Yeah, and then hate yeah, is hate. four. Right. Yeah. So that's 12 points, and then ion missiles is three. So that's 15 loadout. So you get six more. Yeah. You get six more loadout points, which you're gonna spend two on for sure fire control. But then what else are you gonna put on that? I feel like you have Malice? to put shield upgrade. If you're paying an extra ship point, you gotta well, put that, shield well, that's too, a, yeah. well yeah, let's not even I that's a great point because I forgot that he gets a shield He's got upgrade. Got the shield upgrade, yeah. That, so that's so like that's, another eight points that's twenty one worth of value. Like it's just so honestly, if you think about it, they kind of have the same value, but the standard loadout is a point cheaper. If that's not better, I don't know what is. Like, it's the same yeah. ability, same everything, except, you know, uh, uh, unless you're a huge fire control system stand, I, I don't... I I have oh. a, I did some I've done a little bit of research here in the back end while you guys have been talking about this. I want to even for the live audience want to show you guys just kind of maybe the evolution of our our scenario packs and our standardized pilots and kind of maybe talking about trends so i'm going to start with battle of yavin which is the first one that we got um really cool thematic fun scenario pack that introduced at the time a lot of you know a good balance of of new standardized pilots with abilities that entered the meta some of them have stuck around, and a lot of them are not really getting played anymore. So I'm going to start with Rebels. I'm going to highlight two of them specifically. Again, this is not you know um, not limited to these two, but just for the sake of this conversation. Two T-65 pilots. We have Jack Porkins and Garvin's Race. So Jack Porkins, his ability is after you receive a stress token, you may roll one attack die to remove it. On a hit result, you suffer a damage. It's the same ability as the build your own customizable jack. And these are his three, three upgrades. Advanced proton torpedoes. Cool. We know what that does. R5D8. What is that? That's a regen droid. Spend a charge for as an action to fix a face down damage card, or you can repair a face up for an action with a charge as well. His last upgrade is unstable sublight engines. Basically, when you die, you do a one straight boost and then or and then you oh, maneuver rather one straight maneuver. And then every ship at zero to one suffers a damage. It's like dead man switch after you do a one straight. Garvin has literally two upgrades. His ability after you spend a focus token, choose a friendly ship at one to three. That ship gains one same ability. Advanced proton torpedoes as well. We know what that does. R5K6, same ability with the R5D8 droid, except this one just has a different name. Again, action, uh, spend a charge repair face down or face up. Cool. That's pretty pretty easy to wrap my head around. Um, it, it, it's, it introduced a couple of interesting things in the design space. 
They were popular with rebel token sharing, coordinating all that stuff. Four points each. They were lower initiative. They seemed pretty fair. So at this point, the trend is for Battle of Yavin is like, okay, this is pretty easy to understand. Like it's, you know, there's some new upgrades or different names, similar things that we're familiar with. It was kind of getting our feet wet with introducing these things, but there's a lot of sameness there too. Like new stuff, but some old stuff with new faces, new twists. Right? Can you guys agree on that? Like that's yeah, kind of pretty, pretty vibe. thematic yeah, yeah. as well. No, yeah, exactly. Um, pretty thematic, right. And yeah. I mean, even um, Siege of Coruscant 2 was a lot more tame. Yeah. So, well, okay. So that's, so yeah. So moving on to the next, you know, part of this evolution, Siege of Coruscant. I'm just going to do one pilot for Republic. Republic is really the menace of, of the meta right now in terms of this scenario pack. The, 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 the droids, the CIS, they exist, but they're not, nothing really too, that, too strong. They're just, they're there. They're fine. Um, I'm just going to look at Oddball. Siege of Coruscant, Oddball, same initiative at initiative five. Um, he is four points, and he is he. The first thing you see is talent is selfless, a rebel only talent. So okay, we're gonna start giving faction specific talents to factions that aren't in that, that aren't that faction. So selfless, you cancel crits if you're the attack arc. You, you basically suffer crits to cancel a matching result. Veteran tail gunner for the double tap front then back, and then R4P astromech for the decreasing the difficulty of your basic maneuvers pretty basic again his ability um this is where it starts to get a little problematic for me is that he has an ability it says after you fully execute a red maneuver or form red action you may choose a friendly ship at range zero to uh to three and an enemy ship at range zero to one the chosen friendly ship gains a lock on an enemy ship you're like okay well that seems pretty good we're not done born for this while another friendly ship at range zero to two defends. If you are not strained, it may spend your focus and evade tokens as if that ship has them. If it does, you gain one strain token. It's like, okay, so the, the upgrades are easy to wrap our heads around, but the ability, he has two abilities, and one of them is sharing tokens. Okay. Um, seems pretty good. That's actually kind of a lot once you put it all together and then triple it with two other pilots. Um, Bear with me, guys. I appreciate you listening to me mansplain. <laughs> Lastly, going over to Battle of Endor. I'm picking on Lando for this one. This is where it gets a little nutty. <laughs> Seven points, same price, different ability. Again, we're starting to see the abilities are starting to change here. Whereas Battle of Yavin was the same. Siege of Coruscant was similar. Battle of Endor, completely different. You wouldn't even recognize them if they had a different, you know, if unless they had the same name, which in these cases they do. Yeah. His ability at the start of the activation phase, you may spend one charge. He has two non-recurring charges. If you do choose an initiative from one to six, you activate at that initiative this phase. Uh, so, I mean, that's really actually super interesting and cool and seems kind of crazy. The fact that you get to uh, get to just choose when you move um, during the start of the activation um, is, is pretty cool. Going to be kind of wild to experience that uh, once I start playing it or against it. But then he has a secondary ability, high stakes. After you perform a red action, you may roll an attack die on a hit or crit result, remove one stress. And his action bar is different now as well. He has focus lock, evade, red boost, rotate, red coordinate to red focus. It's like, that's okay. So you could potentially white coordinate to white focus. Um, and then he, again, bear with me, guys. He has five upgrades ace in the hole two charges at the start of the engagement phase 
you may spend one charge and gain one jam token to perform a barrel roll action. Nine nub. De uh, you decrease the difficulty of your bank maneuvers. Same ability as the standard crew, nine nub. Millennium Falcon title. While attacking or defending, if you have a non-lock red or orange token, you may reroll one die. That's a completely different ability than the standard title for the Millennium Falcon. It's a trap. While defending, if there are more if there are more other friendly ships than enemy ships at range zero to one, you may re-roll one of your blank results. And I'm not done. Aaron Kraken, upgrade. After defending, if the attack hit, you may gain one deplete token to perform a bonus primary attack targeting the attacker. Oh my god, I'm exhausted from reading through all of that. Can you guys see a trend? Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely stepped on the gas right after the, the bomber squadron pack, I think, was when that came out was the first indicator that these ships were going to start getting nutty and battle over Endor. Yeah, talk about the bombers. They're all they're all wild. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a it's a lot like it just, it's a lot. So we we are all three people who have been playing this game for a while and know how to play this game. Can you understand? Let's let's shift our mindset for a second to being a novice player or a newer player or someone who's trying to teach new players. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Or God forbid you're playing against these ships and you have to remember all these abilities. Like there's going to be a lot of new players that are going to get got by Lando's. I get to pick when I move ability. So, you know, it's it's it, I, I don't like to I mean, I'm trying not to do the whole whole oh, 2.0 versus now, but um because things were just more simpler, sim were more simple in 2.0, I usually could roll up to a table with my opponent and kind of understand everything my opponent was trying to do with their list. At this point, it's not it's not possible in my head to wrap my head around everything that their list can do. So I just ask them a million questions every game. This yeah. stuff is the reason for that as well, because it's it's just too much to remember, especially when they have the same names of things that already exist in the game, but different abilities like Falcon titles different. The action bar is different. like. I think some things should stay the same, like the action bar, for example. I just, I don't know. They're playing with different ideas in the design space. Some of them, I think, are creative. And I think, you know, if I were a designer, I'd want to mess around with. Others, I think, can cause things to get really muddy. And then there are instances where things are just, there's too much and are too good. All thrown into one pilot. Like, where where do you stop? Like, with Backstabber and Mauler, it's like Afterburners, Predator, Afterburners, Crackshot, Discipline, we're done. And then this is like five upgrades on top of two abilities and a different action bar. Yeah, they, it's, it's, it's again, like, why would you fly anything else? Because like Jack Porkins battle of Yavin, right? Like, yeah, maybe, maybe it's the X-Wing at four points. I want to fly, but like, there are so many more options. Like I got an I-5 for four with Thane. I got, you know, Kobe yeah. and I can take a, an illicit. It, it's just like, there's just, it's, it almost, it's kind of funny how increasing choice kind of takes away choice almost because if you're actually trying to win, you know, you gotta, you have to take the efficient things in the list. Like you, you can't like yeah. be ignoring all the efficiency that other players are getting. Well, yeah. It's like, Absolutely. I soon tier gains a focus. Your soon tier has 30 abilities. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, and can you know, barrel or boost for free after they shoot. Come on. <laughs> like this is this is where they have to control the points. So there, there's two ways that I can see having like 
more of these standardized ships with a billion abilities is okay. One is a meta that has fewer ships. So it's okay. I think it's all right to have 40 abilities. If you're, if four ships is like the most that people are going to usually be flying. And the other one is like, you either got to make these ships with a billion abilities a point higher where you're actually paying for that more efficient ship to, to balance it out later on. I think that this might just be a temporary thing where they want people to play with it and, and enjoy it and love it on initial release. I can definitely see all of these ships being. I, oh, man, I really hope so. In points. It is, I mean, I, it was the same sh- with Defender Vader when that came out. You know, it was. Yeah, but this is standardized. Was, this standardized yeah. card stuff is all kind of unprecedented because they, they haven't ch- changed the points for any of them still, right? Yeah, that's You true. think of one standardized pilot that they've altered the points for after release. I don't think they have done a single one yet. They they haven't right? yet, but I mean to be fair, it's only been the it's oh, only been one dropped. season. <laughs> they dropped Oddball down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I, I guess click uh, the, the click click went up to four. I don't so, know. I'm I'm very much over the it's only been X amount of time arguments because I've been hearing the it's only been for like three or four years now. It's been long enough. Yeah, I mean, so so Andrew, I do want to say, like, I appreciate the optimistic, like, I I can be a pessimist about this stuff. I appreciate you being like, I think they want to get people to buy it and play. This is a business. We have to remind ourselves of that. There's a but there's balance in business. Sometimes are a conflict of interest. Um, I, you know, like they they want. I I appreciate the the optimism about. Oh yeah, they want to see how it. They want to sell it. They want to see how people. They want people to bring it to worlds. They want to see how it does, and then they will assess and and make. The changes um, with the 20 point scale changing a, a ship point from five to six or four to five or three to four, whatever, is yeah. just such a jarring It'll meta shift. It. Right. It, that it, they kind of have no choice but to keep it the same or drop the cost if they're worried about play, it not being played. Yeah. Getting no, it to I mean, be played. That, I mean, that's what it is, right? Because if you make Lando that Lando eight points, now it's unplayable. And that soon tier six points. It's like at five, he's like, wow, he's like, he can do everything and he's five. You can still kill him. Six points, six liability. Same price as as Vader. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I I would love, I honestly, I think it would be really good for the game. They bring down, build your own Luke and Vader the same price as the others and just drop their loadout to the point where it makes it interesting. That's what they should do. It's ridiculous that Vader, the build your own Vader isn't one, isn't the same points as, as the, as the other ones, because the other ones have way more loadout value just like like you were saying staples so, in the shield upgrade for free right ex- so exactly like, so yeah there's no reason why the build your own vader and luke sh- couldn't be the same price because people would yeah. still take the standardized cards anyway so you, you as a player you say that yes i totally agree i'm advocating for it but as a designer as atomic mass games the reason is well we want people to buy the standardized packs uh, that's exactly what it is yeah yeah, which again, yeah, totally. business and balance, they don't always, you know, they don't always coexist perfectly. That is, there's, again, there's some great benefits to standardized cards, and there's some serious drawbacks introducing them into the game in this way, the specific way, yeah. because uh, it, it it basically forces people, as Greg said, more choice means less choice or more obvious choice to use one over the other. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think... To answer, like, are, are standardized cards becoming too good? The trend shows that they are, in my eyes, just looking at how things have evolved in the Battle of Endor stuff that we know about. Um, you know, shield-upgraded A-wings that can reload their prockets and fire four prockets in one game, you know, stuff like 
that for example it's just like oh that's that's really good and then you find out that they have three or four more abilities and it's like well wouldn't that be enough like jen did i6 defender can spend a shield to apply the range bonus great yeah. um and has other abilities i can't remember off the top of my head but can, yeah. he could no, also have, he also has a proton cannon it's like well is that necessary like maybe just well, like he's, give a, him he's, a, like he's a proton cannon that you can juice up yeah you can spend yeah, a shield exactly and roll an extra that's die. why I'm like, yeah. i just don't ah and so i woke up the rock side of the bed this morning and i went to the ncx x-wing discussion chat to vent and bitch about how worried i was about jendon and a lot of people were being very reasonable being mm. like i don't think he, he can take damage he can take damage he can die um but i'm like man like i just the thought of like half the stuff that people are playing getting one-shotted by this defender because it's rolling a double modded five dice proton cannon yeah i'm already i'm already trying to plug him in lists i i i love defenders though so yeah. but yes yeah, it's gonna be very annoying it's to fly be fun against. for you and awful for anybody that has to play no, against because i'm gonna fly against him too like he's gonna be a very real part yeah. of our lives um but then again, <laughs> you know, these other Soontir and Lando are going to be a big part of our lives, too. So, yeah, I mean, I yeah. think they're, yeah, they're becoming, yeah, good. Uh, they're they're extremely good. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, it's just I, I, I don't know why I, I, I think today I just like I, I genuinely, guys, I lost sleep over this. What is wrong with me? Like, I was like not sleeping, thinking about like, man, like I'm, I'm I, I, st- I just like really took a step back and thought about it. It's like, dude, because you care too much. Yeah, I, I mean, care too much. You care I care about I'm never sleep over this. Ugh. No, I mean, I'm, 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 in, I'm enjoying. I'm gonna enjoy. Like, I'm curious what the scenarios are because playing Battle of uh, Yavin was so much fun. I love that scenario so much. It was such a cool yeah, idea. The scenario looks really cool. Yeah, so I'm just excited just yeah. to, to play that scenario too. Yeah, and you know what? Just, just you know, ban them in uh, any other form of play, but the scenario. There you go. To Boom. to make you feel Problem better, solved. the <laughs> I I did lose sleep over uh what I was gonna be what list I was gonna build for Gen Con because I was so scared of han uh yeah. that i i spent all night yeah. theory crafting lists and then ended up with resistance and then you like barely played against han too right yeah i didn't like always, see han at all which is really funny. well i did i did right. i played one game against han and then i i torched it <laughs> yeah right but at that well, point I, I already lost two games yeah now you're gonna have to be scared of just of empire Jedi. yeah or well, honestly, if you can't beat him, join him. That's uh, that's where I'm at with Empire. Well, I mean, that is that is where it is. Yeah. I mean, we saw from like the captains' draft, Empire and Rebels were the two most picked factions from the captains. And this honestly speaks to where where they're choosing to do these standardized cards and scenario packs. I think more than anything is that they're feeding these factions through the through standardized cards, but they're only picking uh, Rebel and empire and republic and those are the like the three biggest ones yeah and cis on a technicality yeah i mean but they need a lot of help (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah and again we'll dive into this more yeah it's a a multi-episode conversation Um, and i think it's at this point where some people were kind of dismissing this talk is like oh you're just anti-amg you're just a hater this is a very real conversation at this point to have that is super reasonable I, 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 we all play this game all the time. Greg and I stream this game all the freaking time. If we hated the game, man, we wouldn't be in such a romantic yeah. relationship and spending so much time with it. It's that, just, but it's, we complain because we care. Just how much, like, just like imagining the amount of work we do with this when people are like, oh, you don't even like the game. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is like 
a full-time job on top yeah. of my actual job and i don't get paid yeah honestly it, it's not like it's a game that's got like millions of fans either where you know there's a lucrative uh streaming and and content like side to it either yeah yeah it's just yeah, it's pure know. love like i i do want to shift a little bit into talking about the online side of the game as we are we have full access to all the things that we're complaining and, and give singing our praises for uh on the online side of things 2020 obviously it feels like it's it's it feels like it was you know it's a forever long ago fever dream that both feels long ago and feels like it was just yesterday somehow it's paradoxical it but a it bad worked. year for bowling <laughs> yeah, yeah bad year for bowling and for a lot Tell of me things, about it yeah. honestly probably the one of i, I mean before the transition transition to 2.5 like one of the best things for x-wing one of the probably one of the best years for x-wing because it got a lot of people together in ways that nobody would have expected thanks to uh, Tabletop Simulator. And before that, before COVID, we had Vassal. And we, we've had two mediums, um, not exclusive to those two, but in terms of the, uh, the, just the volume of people playing this game on those yeah. two, those are the two main ones. Um, like Fly Casual, of course. Shout out to Fly Casual as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, either way, it kind of saved X-Wing and got people to play x-wing way more than they ever have because you know you have once a week you go to the game store sometimes you're busy you can only go once or twice a month you play one or two games people are playing five games a day or more and playing stuff they didn't even own being able to practice things and get casual games and join leagues all this stuff was born out of online x-wing um greg you said you'd played vassal a little bit uh you played x-wing on vassal yeah so uh, like I discovered the game with you, like we've talked about that before that thing, but I, I learned actually how to play on Vassal. That's so wild. I would, I, I wouldn't have guessed that. That's, that's so, that's interesting. When, when, when did you start playing? I'm really, really bad with time. I was like, that was the only way to play online for a while. No, TTS was already a thing when I started. It was already but a thing like, too. Okay. Yeah. Well, Vassal was a way to play and it was like, it was easier to like set up like it wasn't like such a thing like you know it wasn't like i didn't have to like launch tts going to it, it was kind of its own little standalone launcher yeah. thing yeah it, it was yeah. i liked vassal it was not a bad it's like to me it's like the chess.com of x-wing it was 2d yeah. down you had the little clack cackling little uh keyboard crackling sound effect when the dice were rolled because if I'm not wrong, uh, I believe that Vassal started off as a as a um, Warhammer platform, and then they expanded other tabletop games. Uh, the 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 infrastructure wasn't initially set out for X Wing, but they they were able to graft X Wing onto it pretty well. Yeah, I mean, and then we evolved. You know, Tabletop Simulator has been around for a while, obviously. But Man, then, yeah. The thanks, shout out to all the amazing people who for free moderate and you know mod and create and designed uh, everything to be able to play X Wing on tabletop yeah. and people shifted over to this much more visually appealing, three-dimensional, more immersive uh, uh, online way to play the game. And, you know... I think I think just... Vassal was, like, more technical, but, like, yeah. if you're trying to replicate how it actually felt to play in real life, then TTS is, like, the closest thing you can online. I, I would agree with that, for sure. Yeah. And, and um, TTS is the, my go-to when I play online now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
I working with GSP, I, I helped with several of the, you know, Galaxies uh, events and, you know, Dion Gold Squadron took on like a pretty big responsibility in being what they they saw themselves as the the one to kind of uphold X-Wing and keep it going during uncertain times, because, you know, the whole two week stay at home turned into years and you just didn't know what when, you know, the end was in sight. And, um, you know. At that point, a lot more people like I met Greg um, through Galaxies. Um, he commentated at one point with Dio, and that's how I met Greg. Sam um, with Candid Clarinetist at the time. He was streaming X-Wing all the time and was pretty popular. That's also how I met him. Um, we all kind of came together. I love that Dion was was kind of including different streamers and platforming them on his on on his during his events. And I mean, these events, guys, like they pulled in like hundreds of people. Like, yeah, like, I think at one point, like a few hundred people from all over the place, from all over really the world. Wild. Like, yeah, people were talking about, you know, getting up at 4 a.m. or 2 a.m. in their countries to get on and play these tournaments. It was it was something else, man. And, and so, Greg, like, I mean, we'll get in the draft league in a second. But like, what do you feel like there was a source of inspiration on like becoming like an online X-Wing streamer? Or was it like what what kind of got you into doing that? Um, well, honestly, what happened was my birthday is March 16th and New York got locked down on March 15th. Oh, wow. So my first, the first stream I did was on my birthday and it was just born of, I have nothing else to do. I had to cancel, like I was having people over for like a, a party, you know, and I had to be like, Yo, no one can come. We're all gonna die if you come, so don't don't come over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh so it wasn't like I really wish I could say like I watched GSP and I just knew in my heart that this was what I wanted to do. But it was more of like uh I've just always been super into tech and I just got really fascinated by like all the technology involved in streaming and like the amount of production and stuff you can do, and especially in the beginning especially like over the course of COVID, all these companies kept coming out with new and better things for streaming. And it's kind of slowed down a little bit now because stream obviously got so popular over the pandemic for obvious reasons. Podcasting too, yeah. Yeah, just all, all, the, all the technology and stuff. I, I would say that was more the draw for me. It was like this whole new world of stuff I could play with and I wasn't spending money on anything else because I wasn't ever going out, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, what, like, what do you feel? Do you feel like when you started doing it that, like, the audience reception or the people, the few people that kind of trickled in at first, like, on the onset, that that was enough motivation for you? Or, like, what really motivated you besides the fact that you couldn't really, like, go anywhere? Because, like, if, if you feel like you're wasting your time with anything, even if you can't go outside for a while, like, you might not, you might shift to something else, right? Like, what motive, yeah. what motivated you to keep going? Well, I think. So, uh, I mean, if you guys don't know, like my background is a stand-up comic. So I had kind of done the whole performance thing for like, you know, like uh, caring about how much audience and stuff there was. So maybe, maybe just because of that, like having done that before, it wasn't all that important to me. Like I wasn't going to be discouraged by a lack of numbers yeah getting. i was gonna say i've done enough open mics too to like if there's two yeah, people i'll yeah. perform yeah there are two people in this call that used to do stand-up comedy and it's yeah. not how many me. yeah like how many bar sh bar like open mics have you been to where they're just like they the all the patrons are like oh no 
Oh I yeah. didn't know this was happening tonight. Yeah, I mean, just, I would like, tell even like yep. it's awful. I would tell other like comedians, like, don't try to get anyone's attention. Like you just talk to the people who are looking at you. Do not try to like, you know, yeah, don't, don't fight it. You just have day. to accept what it is and go yeah. at it. But yeah, but and, yeah, that's saying like, as long as one person's there, I'm performing. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So it's like years of years of my life I spent doing that. So in the beginning when it was three people and they were all like the, the group I played X-Wing with in real life before the pandemic, you know, that was fine with me. And it just kind of, you know, it slowly, slowly grew. And I think, I think maybe the, the only thing that I did originally that kind of helped me out when there was the original like influx of everyone new was I was pretty uh, strict about keeping a schedule. So like everyone, everyone knew Tuesdays and Thursdays, NCX was going to be live, like and uh, yeah, that, you've done a good job really... of that because that has been something I have failed at and just not taken seriously until more recently. And even then, it's hard. It's super it. It, hard. It is. it is. Yeah. Especially when it's not like, again, it's not lucrative, right? We're not doing this right. for the money, but like it would be a lot easier if you were making money doing it, right? Like, yeah, you're like, yeah, if this is, it's like, that's why you go to work every day because you're making money. Yes. That's what keeps you motivated to go. Doing that's this, the only, that's the only like, reason I have a job. I would not have a job if it didn't pay me. So right, like, yeah. uh, but with streaming, I've always said that, like, I don't care if I make money, but I also don't want to like lose money hand over fist. And like, if you add up all the equipment and stuff <laughs> I've spent money on, like, I mean, I gotta be in the whole thousands of dollars, like oh, just dude, no doubt. thousands. I but mean, like, for those of you guys not, wondering, like, but you're, you're getting the value right? from it. Like, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. But like the gaming laptop we use for our in-person streams, that alone was like $2,500, guys. Like, you know, just like, yeah. it's just the way it is. And I'm happy <laughs> to spend that money, but man, well, it's a lot. It's it's so weird because like the 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 laptop I use was uh $3,000. And like for most of the year, it's my dice cam. Like it could be literally any crap computer. It's but the couple times a year you're on the road and you need that streaming PC, it's like the best investment you made, you it know? Is. Like, yeah, yeah, dude, I brought it to LVO because I needed to do some admin stuff and it saved GSP stream. Yeah, that's so what I'm saying. Like, like just like imagine, like, imagine <laughs> yeah. it didn't happen. There was no coverage of LVO at all for that first day or whatever. I don't know. It's I don't want to talk about too much about money because I feel like every time I yeah. say it, I just sound completely disingenuous. But but I'm here. I'm gonna back you up though when you talk about it. I'm here with you to talk. About, like I got you. Well, like, yeah. I, I mean, I we used to we we talk about this all the time. And then when Sam was streaming, you know, we kind of we had our own little thing going on where we would just talk to each other about like the yeah, that was great the, the trials and tribulations of it all. You know, yeah. Yeah. all the behind the scenes stuff but what's what's great is that i so greg you go a lot further than i do where you are so true you have a breakdown in one of your discord channels about money and in mon money in money out what you spend it on whatever and, and like obviously i think everyone appreciates and respects that um but i understand having that feel like feeling um uncomfortable everyone feels uncomfortable to some degree i feel like talking about this stuff um but in this exact setting like it is nice to know that everybody here uh, who like watches what we do and like appreciates it like they they're like no like if like we want to help you we want to support you like we appreciate you doing yeah. this and um, yeah well i, I just it, want it alleviates people to some know that when they 
I want people to know that when they subscribe, they're not just throwing money so I can have a cheeseburger. It's like I'm using this money to like make the experience better. Like, you know, the money goes back into the the stream. I'm not not cashing out. And trust me, my father would love me to. He does my taxes. He's not pleased. I mean, to be fair, though, too, you also deserve a cheeseburger. Like you, I, I hope that you can also use. I make enough at my job that I can live. And for me, this is this is a hobby. It's probably a hobby I spend too much time on, but uh, it's it's a hobby nonetheless. But it's still like for me, it's like a creative outlet since I don't do stand up anymore. It's kind of like the the fill in there for me, you know, like that same. No, honestly, it's the it's it's the same for me. Speaking of this, I I wanted to hear more about like the the move from like the the initial online events into like what well how'd you come up with the idea for like the draft league and the specific leagues? Honestly, draft league was I, I really wish I could say it was some master stroke of like genius programming, but it was just kind of like I felt like things were dying down a little bit and. It was just a way to get like people involved and it was a fun thing. It was something I've always wanted to do with because I'm just a big sports fan. So I really wanted to like kind of marry the idea of like sports and X-Wing. And it was also like I kind of felt like it was something that really hadn't been done. Like team tournaments have been done. Individual tournaments have been done. But I hadn't really seen like this kind of like structured league been done. You know what I mean? Yeah. I felt like it was a niche niche that I could fit. Maybe for those, I mean, most people are going to be in, like are going to know what the draft league is, but can you like what can you just say like, what is the draft league? So it, it's loosely based off like American team sports, although it draws from a lot of sports, mostly football, hockey, a little bit of soccer. But it's a it's a tournament we're up to I think 20 teams now and actually you get drafted at the start of the year. So captains will draft you into a faction and then you have your team there's trades you know there's draft pick trades all that stuff just like any sport and then you each week your team will play another team in a best of seven series and we keep all sorts of stats and we have champions and it's grown to this whole big thing now how many people now it's 160 this season i was gonna say yeah so that's bigger than xtc dude that's yeah. the biggest online structured X-Wing thing that exists. And with 20 is teams, I mean, thing. that is like an actual sports league. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the first season was four teams, 20 people. And then it just, you know, I, I think people found it fun. I do think, I think they're, and, and this was like never the point, which is kind of embarrassing. But like, I do think this is like a really good way for people to play X-Wing because you have like your own like support support group there to help you like i'm the only one who can see every team's like private chat because every team gets their own like chat in my discord and whatnot and it's just like it's basically like 20 small communities with people who are actually invested in seeing you succeed instead of just invested in getting their viewpoint across you know what i mean yeah, yeah. no i mean i've i've i captained for two seasons and i'm coming back to play again and 
I mean, you insp- you you definitely played a huge role in inspiring me to do the the three one two team league because we've done seven seasons of online leagues for three one two. But the team format is just so much more exciting, and it makes coping with losing better when you have people like you said a support group around to like get better at the game to talk about your games lists just have that community um it makes it there's just a lot more layers to just like getting a casual game in like now you I, feel I like think it helps all with like things. burnout too i think because yeah. e- like if even even in like a league where you're playing like a one on one thing you're like okay i'm two and four what's the point of me going on but if you're two and four and then the next week you have a big game and it doesn't matter you're two and four all you need to do is go one and oh that week you're more into it you know like yeah. it's it gives you more reason to be involved well at the same time if you lose you know what you, you lost one game in a series your team can still like you losing doesn't mean your team loses so it's in a way less pressure and in a way it makes every week kind of its own thing where the last week doesn't really play into it yeah no it's 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 such a like i mean i do i'm gonna put you on the spot if there's any reason why you deserve some kickback for um for your streaming and everything it's this man like the ad the back end admin stuff and then all the intros and all the stuff that you do to keep this going in like a well-oiled machine that is on like that's punctual it's insane and i'm only getting a little dose of it with what i'm doing for our league but to the scale and size of what you know what you're what you're doing i mean and it's free everyone is free to play which is awesome I'm, you know it's sh- i'm not saying it should be pay to play to to, to enter but yeah like yeah sub sub ncx guys several times people say you could like charge for it but for me it's like it what, what would to what end yeah what you know like I don't, first off, I don't want to discourage anyone from doing it. And even like $5 can't, it, to, you know, I don't know everyone's it's only circumstance. $5. Yeah. You know, but like, I'm not like, you know, I, I can easily envision someone who watches Twitch because they can't afford to go out that night. They don't have the five bucks to, to go out and, and get a beer or whatever, you know, like, yeah. so I, I never Absolutely. want it to be like that discouraging. Also just like putting up them. I don't know what I would do with the money. like. Yeah, for us, I I let the players vote. I said, "You guys want prizes? It'll be this much money. We can pool in for prizes." And people voted, and that's just we did do a pay. But we had a couple of people that were like, "Oh, do I have to?" I'm like, "No, it's all right. You don't have to pay. Like, it's fine. You don't want yeah. prizes. You don't have to pay. It's no big deal." But yeah, giving them the choice and putting it the money towards something. Yeah. Well, we do like the we do like the fundraiser, right? Like, right. Not everyone in the league contributes to the coin, and they'll get a coin. And yeah, like part of me is like, "Come on, man." But like another part of me is like, you know what? We we raised it again. I'm not I'm going to every time I've done the coin, I've lost a little bit of money, not a ton, just a little bit, just because shipping is so stupid. That's man. I have, I have a whole yeah. I have a whole like I, I know Nick feels me on this, but shipping <laughs> is just the stupidest thing we've ever invented as a society. <laughs> you know how to do it. We don't know how to do it. And then things bounce back when you pay the the, the appropriate amount of money yeah. for the post. Or like anyways. you specifically pay, like they make you pay for these certain stamps so they don't run it through the machine or whatever. And the people get it and they're like, my envelope's torn. Nothing's in it. And you see on the bottom, like the run through machine print scan on it. And you're like, but I pay, you made me pay extra at the yeah. window. You told me I had to pay extra. And this raised my cost, $250. 
so that yeah. this wouldn't happen. And I have you have no recourse. I can't be like, I want a refund. There's that's not a thing with the postal service. <laughs> oh, it isn't. I use those bubble mailers now. They're awesome. And that's one of the reasons why because like I can't take a chance anymore on this stuff. I already had a few of those instances of like bubble mailers. Dude, I it's I shipped a bunch of coins. Like I got so lucky that people are very helpful and I sent all the European ones to one person and they're going to distribute them for me. Wow, that's nice. That was $60 in shipping just to send all those coins to one person, which is a lot. But like if I had to send that individually to each thing, just the amount of time it would take to fill out the customs form for each coin would have been I know tragic. Oh, uh, yeah. I was going to say, I don't think there's... Uh, any yeah. patreon that has european subscribers knows the pain of filling out those customs forms yeah. i mean i think so we've gotten a bunch of new patrons but they're all not in america and i'm like i if you guys want to if you're in america and you want to sign up too you can <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah but, like, like, i don't know if you guys want to move to america just immigrate <laughs> real fast so i don't have to do this shipping no. yeah yeah Thankfully, yeah everything we're, we're is so easy to immigrate to yeah it, flat enough that it, it, i could put three or four stamps and it doesn't bounce back 95 percent of the time because it's it doesn't weigh anything but a coin well, i'm i'm literally gonna have food. to take like a day trip to canada to ship things in canada just to save like a little bit of money because <laughs> like yeah. uh the, the international stamp is like 250 or something for the the bubble envelope size at least you get a fun adventure out of it well yeah, i live i live pretty close so like going to niagara right. falls Canada is not that big of a deal, but like, what am I going to be at the border? Be like, listen, I'm going to tell you exactly why I'm coming to Canada. You're not going to believe any of it. I run an X-Wing stream. X-Wing, it's a Star Wars miniatures game. Listen, you have to start right with what border. X-Wing is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I so these coins. This, there's a this is somewhat related, um, but not to me personally. There's a small bit of southern Vancouver that is technically the United States. But sure. you can only access it through Vancouver, and they have this entire this little like peninsula is just filled with PO boxes because people in Vancouver get things from the U.S. shipped there through Amazon because then they don't have to Mart. pay for any uh, of the customs or the extra shipping. So then they can go to this little island and then pick up their Amazon orders and then take it to this little peninsula and then take it back into the city. So That's smart, so, yeah, yeah. No, seriously. Um, getting getting back to quickly, just I know we we're a little off topic, but still connected to the draft league. Like going back to it real quick. Um, did you when you first did season one, which was was it eight teams, Greg? Four teams, four teams. two divisions, four teams. Oh, it was yeah. only four total. Four teams. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then it went up to twelve, right? Or was it eight the second season? It went. I know it went twenty to forty eight players to one hundred and twelve. No, to seventy something. Then 112, now 160. I don't remember the time. Wow, so it yeah, sounds that's... like eight teams for season two if there was like 40 In, something. Like there. exponential growth, though. Yeah, well, it started the first couple seasons, it doubled. And I was like panicking. Yeah. So, okay, so speaking of, did you anticipate that like after the first season, based on like this, you know, success and the fun that people were having, but on a small scale, did you anticipate that it had the potential to grow to be this big? No, every, every season, except maybe after the first season, I thought it was going to contract. But you weren't willing, you like, or maybe not, not to phrase it as you weren't willing, but you didn't think about a cap on players on the size of the league. No, the only time we cap the players is 
when it's coming down to the end of signups and like you have a certain amount of teams by then, you know what the ideal number of players is. Like in our case, we had 18 teams. We were going to end up with each team having nine players and that just wasn't very efficient. So by going to 20, we could go to eight players each and that gave us 160. So I capped it at 160. That was like a week before signups were going to close anyway. It wasn't ever like the stated goal to get to 160. It's just kind of how the math worked out to make it even. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. I remember when I, I talked to Pim about this, he's like, well, one of the reasons he's like, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Pim. He said, well, you know, Greg like started the draft league so he could like consistently, you know, get get players on stream X-Wing games in. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's definitely that's a, a struggle. A Do you bonus. remember how hard it was to get people to play? When yeah, yes, play, like, it's. I mean, sometimes last season, it was still a struggle. It is hard to get people to, because the thing is, like, people want a time, but I used to do times. I used to, like, the first, like, couple years I streamed, I used to do, like, okay, game one, 6.30, game two, eight. But then game one would end at seven, and I'm I'm sitting there for an hour on a wait screen or whatever. So now I've just been, like, game two starts after game one. Game one starts at 6.30. I can't tell you a time for game two. Yeah. And it's just it's hard to like get people to commit to that and you know like i don't blame them but it's also like yeah on, man. You know? yeah but like how are you how are you going to give content like for for the game if, if if you don't have content to stream it's just i i feel yeah. like the one of the most brilliant side effects or or benefits really of, of doing organized i um you know organized play online whether it be me selfishly getting games from your league to stream on mine when i have openings that i need to fill i know that there's probably people i can get on our stream um our own for you and your own and vice versa you stream some of our stuff like it makes it so much easier because people are actively looking for their games to be streamed versus you having to beg them to play on your stream now they're like i want my game on stream because I'm in well, this it's a, it's like a it's a it's a happy little side benefit, right? Because like their team wants to watch the game, their team's invested. So you have two teams of people that are invested in watching this game already. So yeah, of course they want it to be on stream, and that is a good. <laughs> I mean that that benefits us, and I mean I'm not gonna lie and say it doesn't. Like yeah, that's a, of course a great benefit. Is that I want people to to play in my <laughs> play. I want their games on stream and yeah, play I want my thing. Play my thing. Watch yeah, this stuff. The less work I have to do, like tracking down, begging people, like, amen. So, <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, it also yeah. adds to the, it feeling more like a sport, like a sports event with teams and stuff like that, too. That's just like making it into esports is very cool. Well, I'm, I'm sure I've told you this before, Nick, but that's how I've always approached it. Approached uh, like the casting is I'm like a sports announcer announcing a thing like i'm trying to be entertaining yeah while the game is happening i'm not trying to be like the there's you know how there's play-by-play and then there's color commentary i'm trying to yeah. be yeah. color commentary not play it's, it's all color right. commentary yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. i mean that's I mean, why every, i took it even there's one just step so many further. times you can be like and whisper goes four straight boy I, there's so much downtime between <gasps> yeah rounds and x that's and the when, thing we're preaching and to the people, choir there when people oh when people are taking you know when it's like an important turn and it's a 15 minute planning phase it's like that's a long time you could talk about what everyone could do for 30 seconds a minute and then you have 14 or 15 minutes left still i mean like that's why greg i took it even one step further i like created these like standing animations like 
for I first did it with the draft league, and then I did it. I've done it for our league. I even put like a CNN intro to make it seem like super epic and like high stakes. Because I'm like, yeah, let's lean into that. Like, let's let's be like do the color commentary and like make it this whole thing. And it's a show. Like, we're, we're supposed to have a good time. Um, everybody can see what's going on in the game. I think there is a subsect of people who really want you to like go in and do a deep dive on like the possibilities and be drawing on the screen and like X's and O's and stuff like that and strategy and whatnot. I think yeah. like, and those people deserve to be heard as, as much as anyone else. I just don't think I'm the guy <laughs> that's going to be stand up giving you exactly the best information. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah i i do always enjoy the random person who just doesn't know ncx is like oh it'd be nice if you guys like talked about the game and everyone just like nah is that what we do here like no, it's nah. like it, it's always like a youtube comment that's like I, you guys didn't talk about the game at all <laughs> like, yep. welcome welcome to ncx i mean the thing is people are talking about the game in chat that's why that's where you got to be on twitch to get the the yeah. in-game commentary yeah, yeah in the worst it, case, it's muted. I mean, but, it, is, it is. It it. It's just with X Wing, like you're you're seeing the whole board. You uh, like I'm not seeing anything that anyone watching is not seeing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like if if it's Greg Olson in in the booth and he's like looking at a football formation and he sees something like he sees something that I don't see. Like he knows the safety is going to drop back and do that. And yeah, he can add insightful commentary there. Right. But I'm looking at two ships of X and like, we all know they're heading towards each other. Like there's no, yeah, there's no like cover yeah, three in X-Wing. You know, like, not, it's not that intense. Like it really is. Yeah. It is strategy, but it's not like, yeah. How often are you like shocked by a move? Maybe. Oh, I mean, like the, Right. I mean, the, the thing like, I mean, if, if it's closer to anything, it would be it would be like football. But there is even more downtime in X-Wing than in between like football play when, when people are actually on the field. Most of football is everyone sitting on the sidelines and discussing what they're going to do next in the huddle. Like I uh, and there's also a lot more players and stuff going on when you only have five ships, but you have about three minutes uh, plus in between each like dials down to moving phase most of the game is just ships executing what they've done on the dial you right. know right um that yeah i mean enter enter being entertaining is definitely a big lift that you're gonna have to do with the you know with the game anyway greg besides the obvious like there's more people playing there's more people in the discord like how what is the overall if you had to like summarize like the impact on the nickel city x-wing channel like that the draft league has had like what has really stood out? I mean, it's the only it's it's kind of become the identity of my stream now, I think. Right. Like what you're best known for. Right. Yeah. Yes. It might be yeah. the only thing we're known for. Like, I don't it's it's so weird because like when we talk about like growth on Twitch, I feel like we've kind of like there was a period where like it's like when you're comparing it to COVID where everyone was at home and they had to there. That was like a rapid period of growth. And then it kind of stopped when everyone went back to real life. And like, I think you see yeah. it across the board on Twitch, but especially in X-Wing numbers went way down. And the only thing that's kind of kept the channel, um, even like keeping pace from where it was, has been the draft league. But I, I mean, like, again, I'm not complaining, 
but it literally takes up all of my free time. Yeah. It it just I mean, it's, a, it's a, just a lot of shit to do and like I've hopefully this season like automated a lot of it so I'm hoping it gets like a lot easier. And shout out to James Ritter for helping me with that. Yeah. Um James awesome. Raptor Ritter. Like this ties into like the pitfalls or maybe the the downsides of running a league this big. Like what do you feel Besides, I mean, besides the fact that it's just like it's so time and, and intensive, like, are there things that have come up that are just like, I'm, I'm not saying that you, this should be soapbox or you just complain. I, I know that we all have things that we're like, oh, man, I wish this was easier. This is better, faster, whatever. But like, what what do you think are some things that are maybe not not things to complain about, but are just like really challenging? With maintaining this, not just for a single season in scope, but like continuing to do this for like however many seasons this thing goes on. I mean, for. it's just it's just hard to like marshal everyone. <laughs> And get everyone on the same page. Everything would be like super easy if I said like this is like the format I need stuff in, and then people actually listened and did it. Man, if I wished a pin post in Discord, I like actually felt confident when I pinned a post that people would see that it was pinned and know where to look. I would feel like I would I would get a few more hours of sleep every week. Like yeah. you know that feeling where you're like, oh, I'm pinning this. Like people will be able to go back and see. It's like no, I like I already know a lot of people are gonna ask the same question over and over again i see it every like hour in your discord yeah well there, there's just there's small things that vex me a little bit like we have the the captains each all have teams and stuff and <laughs> rightly so they want they're they're represented by their team name and logo and everything so like a lot of captains want to say and stuff but like for me it's like i kind of know what i'm going for and i kind of know what like the 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 vibe i want for each team to have so when it when it doesn't line up with a captain we're going back and forth i have to be like a little bit of a dick and be like man like do you see like every other logo in this league how it has kind of the same design language and stuff like it's cohesive i need everything to like fit into that you know like yeah this is it's just little things that like i mean right i'm like i don't have time to like argue with you on this all day you know yeah right yeah there's always going to be just like a little bit of friction when when it grows to as big as it's been yeah i mean i mean so my last question because this is like this is actually i'm this episode is awesome i love the format of this one yeah. hour how we're doing it um this kind of almost like an interview style we do the show just real quick are we going to circle back to how bad chicago food is though at, at the end i'll give you i'll give you a minute to, okay. to, to squeeze it as <laughs> much as you can about how much you hate it but Though my last question is like, what are do you have maybe not just specific to the draft league, but for Nickel City X Wing, like do you have future plans? Is it just continuing to do this? Is there anything that you've been inspired by or would like to do? Um, you had alluded to in the past doing more than X Wing. I know you have done that plenty of times before, but like anything. Bad. Yeah. So I I don't have like a vision board or anything, but I do. I would like to do some Aerodome streaming. Um, it's a, it's a yeah. game that just came out. Uh, it's, I would say, similar to X-Way. I mean, it's obviously very different, but it's, it's similar in a way. And uh, Star Wars Unlimited is coming out, which is a, a CCG from FFG. We have too many three-letter acronyms in this world. I say it's NCX. Um, <laughs> 312. Yeah, I would like to to stream some of that as well. Um, those are both things that, that are going to have a heavy overlap with 
uh, a lot of people in who are involved in X-Wing anyway. So it's not like a wild, a wild swing. And I don't really have any like any like concrete plans for anything with them other than I would like to do them. <laughs> um, it really just yeah. comes down to like how much time I have to do it. And like, I'm not going to obviously the draft league takes priority. So I'm not going to like sacrifice like tomorrow. I want to do Aerodome because there's going to be no, there's no point to doing X-Wing really when the draft league draft is next Tuesday. But yeah, I don't, I don't know what that I'm sure. No, oh, yeah, I'm sure we'll so come up are, with something. Are are there ways for uh, any new people to get involved with this league, or when would the next season, or when could um, our uh, listeners get involved if they wanted to try out for the draft league? So you can still sign up for it, but you go to the reserve list. With 160 people, it's just impossible to think that we're not going to have drops. Yeah, at some point in the season. Last season at 112, I think we had like four or five drops. So, you know, we still need people for the reserve list or, and that's where, that's where teams are instructed to go first. So like say they, each team has eight players and there's only seven games a week. So one player a week gets a buy, but say another player is like, oh, my, my dog is sick. I can't make my game. Then teams are instructed to go to the subs or reserve players to find someone to fill in in there okay. you can still fill nice. in and uh kind of be part of it and you know um that's pretty much the only way to be part of it right now but like yeah no that's fair. you can still like you're welcome to just hang out like the draft league general channel is not like locked you can hang out in the league and be like a correspondent you know find yourself a niche or, or <laughs> have fun or pick a, yeah become a fan pick a team yeah, yeah. I, would be, I did. Like, I, I did show much. my uh, my LA friends all the logos, and we have an we have an Outlaws Day One fan. Oh, oh awesome! Yeah, shout out to the Tinder gods. <laughs> as as Nick's team, yeah, gone and mostly forgotten, but universally uh, I, I banned. Loved I loved that logo. <laughs> yeah, universally banned. Yeah, it's, it got to that point. Tinder support not getting back to us. So, uh, that was yeah, good stuff, man. Um. Yeah, but couldn't get uh, photo verified. A, yeah, couldn't get photo verified. It was it wouldn't work. Too many uh, mass reports from bots. You know, that's what it was. Totally. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's a great conversation about the draft league. Definitely, if you guys, um, if you have, if you are interested, you should check it out. Uh, the the Discord NCX Discord is always popping. Like, it, there's just so much going on. There's all these cool different niche places you can talk about. Um, your favorite hobbies, politics, you know, your paint jobs on your ships, draft league, obviously everything in between. Yep. And also, obviously, X-Wing conversation. Also, um, people are willing to um, talk bowling and food. Yeah, food. The food takes are good. There's always a lot of hot, a lot of hot food takes. takes on food. That's a, lot for sure. of, a lot of food takes both in the Discord and during the live streams um, where you can uh, expect some great food in the Chicagoland area. This is my really bad segue, by the way. It's uh, not is Schaumburg? Just adjacent to Chicago, Schaumburg in the, is a Chicagoland suburb that is uh, home to Adepticon 2024, a.k.a. for SX Week Players Worlds 2024. The LCQ tickets are as good as sold out. I think there might be a few left as they expanded the number of people that could play in it. Andrew, I know you signed up. Um, yeah. But just for those of you listening... Uh, especially live right now, if you were on the fence or thinking about it or were holding off on doing it later, you got to do it now. 
um, you you are running out of time. Feb uh, February twenty sixth, I believe, is the uh, final uh, the deadline for re registration for the entire convention as well. You love oh. chain restaurants? May I recommend Schaumburg, Illinois? Dude, yeah, yes, man. If, if it's number not one chain yeah. per capita for sure. Isn't that Bloomington though? Bloomington is Bloomington is the is number the highest restaurants per capita, but not oh, necessarily okay. chain restaurants. Wow. But yes. Wild. Chicago has the highest bars per capita of any major city. Well, yeah, you have to drink after eating that crap food. Oh, okay. Well, there, there all right. Is. So, yeah. You said that kind let's of see. off mic. You were kind of quiet, too. Like, you're trying yeah, was, to, like, I was, that I was in scratching there. my let's foot, see, but I couldn't yeah. let it go too long. What, what, what issues do you have with Chicago food? Oh, literally, God. name we, a Chicago food. I'm literally going to start a issue. timer. Let, let's, go, let's go with the hot dog. All right. Let's the hot do, dog. Let's... First off, the hot dog is a New York thing. Putting celery, salt, and no. sport peppers on it is not enough <laughs> to make it Chicago. It is so stupid. That you guys take something and you're like, look at us. Look at this stupid little celery salt because we can't afford real salt. We're it's, so it's we're harder so to come by than we're so great. Salt. Why that doesn't make it better? So the Chicago hot dog. If people was born... wanted celery salt, it would be available in grocery stores <laughs> nationwide. But luck, no man. one wants it. It'd be nice. I, I mean, lots. Yeah. So the Chicago hot dog one, we got that from our German ancestry, uh, which you got Polish, that from New like, York City. You no. got it from. Yeah. You think the hot dog is German, my guy? You think it's that called the Frankfurter? It's called yeah, the piece Frankfurter. Of meat. <laughs> it's yes, it's called the Frankfurter, and the, it, the and it was from Ger the, the Wisconsin German. You think is so boy. Chicago is home to the Chicago Stockyards. We have the largest uh, meat processing facilities in the country, stemming back all the way to the uh, early 1800s or uh, mid 1800s. Uh, the Vienna Beef Factory in Chicago is actually USDA factory number one. It is the first factory that was ever certified by the, the USDA. Um, and is that you know, the, the first Vienna factory where all the kids died and they had to like actually create food standards? Well, they were the first one. This would be after that process. I don't think that fact that factory was built before like the Upton Sinclair novel. And that didn't take <laughs> place in Chicago. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't great. Um, but the Chicago hot dog itself was a depression era food. And that was, it I was can the see cheapest why. way to get basically have a protein that had vegetables on it for most people. And that's really where it exploded in popularity. But I mean, we use the mustard it, um, basically because it was a lot more readily available from the, the German and Polish residents in that area. The Heinz factory is in Philadelphia. So, you know, ketchup is more has been always traditionally more of an East Coast thing. But that doesn't make it, you know, better or worse. But the Chicago style hot dog actually has like a, a, a history behind it. I think it's also cool that the sport pepper, which is the unique pepper that goes on the Chicago hot dog, is pretty much really an Alabama and Chicago um, pepper for the longest time. Listen, making your food more Alabama is not a way to sell it. <laughs> Shot I mean, shot, having shot a, a little hint of Alabama. Area. Yeah, I don't I have nothing against that state. Uh, the barbecue there is very good, though, too. So, yeah. uh, all right. Yeah. This could go off the rails, but I was that was a good little way to to tie the bow on this very exquisite and, and diverse conversation that we had about all these different things. So I'm That's right. But really, also, it's, really... you can put ketchup on a hot dog. It's fine. We yeah, we give you we give you permission. 
Um, I wanted to just I don't need everybody. I don't ask cities permission when I make food. <laughs> no, you should. You, you should. should. You should. You should, <laughs> you, should cons- you should consider doing it starting now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. We are excited to uh, to see you guys at Worlds coming yes. up soon. Um, we Andrew and I will be there along with a few other 312 locals. We even have some world specific T-shirts that we put up on our merch store. If you want to check that out, we'll put a link in the description. Thank you to Strata Strike, who has partnered with us uh, for years now and is, is helping us create some amazing swag for our Patreon. You can use discount code 312SQUADRON. That's 312, capital S, and then all lowercase, Q-U-A-D-R-O-N, for 15% off, yeah, for 15% off everything on their Etsy store. Um, make sure you catch us on Twitch when we're live. Go and check out Greg's channel. For some reason, if you haven't been following uh, his channel, Nickel City X-Wing, There's, they stream X-Wing and other games. X-Wing always Tuesdays and Thursdays as the draft is coming up on next Tuesday or will have been a week ago once this comes out. Um, yep, just check a five-hour draft. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a long one. Yeah, I'm going to tune in for a while until I fall asleep. I mean, it's yeah. kind of the same as like those NFL drafts, so I think that that's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be a fun At day. least the NFL one's split into days. I'm not willing to do that. <laughs> yeah, fair enough <laughs> yeah uh and then lastly thank you to all of our patrons i'm going to do quick shout outs to mike david dean digikind william dale matthew uh adam brendan michael justin mark john joshua daniel alex steven matt peter andrew and scott thank you all so much for being patrons of 312 squadron really do appreciate the love and support you guys are amazing make sure you throw some of that love and support over to greg as well uh donate a million subs gift a million subs there you go actually million, if you are exactly. if you were to if you had that money and you were you were like i'm gonna give nickel city actually this money just donate it do not just give it directly it yeah just yeah donate don't, don't it. Do, do it through do twitch it yeah. Don't do it through Twitch. Just donate. There you go. Unless you, for oh. some reason, think Amazon needs half of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They're really hurting. Big. Exactly. You got it. But yeah. All right. Greg, thank you so much for joining us today and, and taking time to come on our podcast. Really, really appreciate it. Yeah. No, appreciate it. It's fun as always. I mean, like, yeah. listen, I'll sit and talk to you guys anytime. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> well, my name is Nick. I'm Andrew. And I'm Greg. Woo! See you guys. Coach Paul.